0: This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Were you there when we used to get those? Were you down at 93X when we used to get those literally 50 pound salted nut rolls at Christmas? I don't remember, no. Uh, so maybe you weren't there at that time, but do you remember those? No,
2: I remember oh, you don't either? I remember you guys talking about them. I never got one, and I never saw one, but Well, it yeah. was for the
1: whole station. I mean, it was literally oh, for like 30 pounds. It was huge.
2: I remember we've gotten big packages of nut roll stuff.
1: But not a big nut roll.
2: No, I never saw a big nut roll.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember. how.
2: <laughs> I never
1: saw a big nut roll. I heard Except it for too. that one guy.
2: Try grabbing dong today. <laughs> now <laughs> okay. this.
1: Yeah, grabbing dong, and now it's grabbing a nut roll. So, um... But yeah, they, they would, every Christmas they would send us, right after Thanksgiving, they would send us like, it looked like it was about 30 pounds. It was yeah. huge, right? And then we found out that the overnight guy was flipping it upside down and hollowing it out. And Gross. then he'd flip it back on its butt. So it looked like it was all still there. Awful. I know. It's just like, what are you Jeez. doing? So she was
2: just eating the inside?
1: Yeah, he was digging. He'd flip it over and then dig into the bottom, so the whole thing was pretty much hollowed out at one point.
2: Oh. Uh, like, how
1: did he not gain 55 pounds eating that many nuts and all that sugar? He
2: probably did. Well, he
1: maybe
3: did.
2: It was he always right. two different, because I worked overnight, and there was two different kind of guys I was trained in by, because it was all men. It was either so skinny but ate trash or not skinny at all and ate trash. There was no in between yeah. to work the overnight on no, radio. No, no, you're right. They ate trash. And I'd be there with my, like, Honey Crisp, like, here's my 4 a.m. treat. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it was, oh, those were, but they were, they were interesting guys, and I always had a blast. Like, You know,
1: you just made me feel really sad because it's been, I don't know how many, it's been since I left that building, and that was, what, 15 years ago? to work from home, Yeah. I just realized, honest to God, looking back at those days, that my life is now a disaster. I know. I just like to point that out.
2: I also, it makes me a little bummed out that back in the day, a free coffee or a free Egg McMuffin made my week, and now Mm -hmm. those simple things, like, yeah, I get excited still, Mm -hmm. but does it make your week? I don't know, like, sometimes these things get more complicated.
1: Well, the thing that made me so sad just now is I realized that I haven't been to White Castle, McDonald's, Burger King, Arby's, any of those in years, and I haven't been avoiding them. I just haven't been.
2: Yeah.
3: Why did that happen? You guys still go to those? Not as much as Brittany does. Shut up. One time
1: I went to Arby's, and I told you.
2: Confidence. Confidence. <laughs> <laughs> one time
1: you should get her picture next time mm-hmm. going okay. Arby's
2: you know what was really embarrassing about it so I went to Arby's it was in a I had daycare and I got done with this meeting early and I was like I'm starving and so I went to Arby's and I ate quietly in the parking lot It was like the highlight of my day And I was like, I don't have to tell anyone about this. This is bleak. I'm fine with (laughs) that. bleak. And then the next day, we were heading into a meeting, and I realized I forgot my wallet. So I was like, I'm going to run to Wells Fargo and get cash out because you can give them a bunch of information. And they go, what was your last – in front of everybody because it was right when they opened. So there's like a line of like four people behind me. They go, can you tell us your last purchase? And I was like – I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's Arby's, but hear me out. I never go. And so I had to tell, like, so many people. And then I told Rudy this story, and forever now, he literally is always like, Pretty, did you go to Arby's today? Yeah. Oh,
1: well, I haven't heard him say that. What are you talking about? You guys are monsters. You You're a monster.
2: I'm an army veteran, okay? I'm a hero.
1: You are a hero. There's <laughs> no doubt about it. I have a question for both of you. Do you remember that? Because we used to go to that Arby's over there on University Avenue because yeah. it was by the queue, right? Yeah. You guys remember the Arby's Arby's breakfast sandwich with an egg on the roast beef sandwich? Mmm, oh, maybe. God, it it was that good!
2: Amazing. It was
1: delicious, and then they stopped doing it.
2: I'd throw an egg on anything. I'm going to be well, honest with you. I'll throw I love eggs. i I'll throw an egg on anything.
1: But they would take that Arby's roast beef sandwich, put a little fried egg right on top Ooh. of that bad boy. It was delicious. Yeah. And then
3: all of a sudden, they just went away. I know we're praising Brittany for being an Army vet, but how about the guy who put an egg on a roast beef sandwich? That guy deserves a hero status as Couldn't well. Couldn't agree more. Yes. I'm pointing shit. at Rudy right now if you can see my picture. <laughs> you can't see my hand, but I'm pointing at him
1: right now. He's yes. 100% right.
2: You are. We you could are. have you ended the
1: Vietnam War early if mm-hmm. they'd put an egg on an Arby's roast beef I, sandwich.
2: I, 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 He outranks me. This it's everything. So, yes. our, he or she... Let's be honest. He or she. The guy who put it on there, he outranks me.
1: I understand that completely. All right, got going to do a little weather here because the weather is going to come and go. It looks like, anyway, partial sun with an isolated afternoon or evening shower or thunderstorm possible. A high of 74. Uh, tomorrow, warmer with mixed sun and clouds and an isolated afternoon thunderstorm. On Thursday, warm with a few showers or thunderstorms with a high of 80 again. So 74, 80, and 80. It looks like it's going to, although I looked at my watch just now, and it looks on my watch like it's going to rain all day, but it does that a lot on these watches, doesn't it? These these fitness watches. Yeah. They tend to, they always, the weather's always worse on your watch than it is anywhere else. Why is that?
2: I don't
1: know. I don't get it. Why do you want to piss me off?
2: It's watching out for you.
1: Well, that, oh God, get out. (laughs) All right, I'll show
2: myself (laughs) out.
4: And good day.
1: You're going to have to do your part from the lobby from now on. That's all there is to it. So right now, it is 56 degrees and partly cloudy, but we'll see. It looks like it's going to come and go, but it's going to be pretty much, whether it's raining or not, it looks like it's going to be pretty much cloudy all day. But we'll see if that comes and goes, too. Uh, I don't know. We'll find out. So yeah, right now, it is 56 degrees and partly cloudy. We'll be right back in a couple of minutes. What's his name again? Egg Christer?
2: I wouldn't know. I don't know.
1: Something. Mr. Eggert? Some news guy. I don't know what the hell he's got cooking. Anyway, we'll be right back.
0: This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. Well, just when you
1: thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell and MyPillow are launching MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Twenty years later, he discovered a new technology that makes My Pillow even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, and now with the brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. Say goodbye to tossing and turning and flipping your pillow over in the middle of the night. And more great news on the MyPillow 2.0, buy one, get one free offer with promo code TOM. MyPillow 2.0, with its temperature-regulating technology, is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio podcast square to receive the MyPillow 2.0 buy one, get one free offer. Just when you thought MyPillow couldn't get any better, MyPillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever. Promo code TOM or call 800-516-5146 to get your MyPillow 2.0s now.
5: Hey folks, Judd Zolgad here. You know, wouldn't it be nice to lose over 20 pounds before summer? Well, you can with Livia's doctor-recommended program. Look and feel your best with a weight loss program voted number one in Minnesota. Receive personalized and guided support from Livia's team of experts. Join today and receive three months free, plus a free gift during Livia's Client Appreciation Week. What are you waiting for? Get summer ready with Livia. Call today, 855-GO-LIVIA or visit Livia.com. You know, I lost 40 pounds more than a year ago now. And here's the best part. Livia helps you keep the weight off. So we're not just talking weight loss here. Uh Uh-uh. We're talking weight loss and sustainable weight loss. And ultimately, that's the most important thing. Start your success today and get summer ready. Call 855-GO-LIVIA or visit Livia.com. That's L-I-V-E-A.com. Join now and receive three months free plus a free gift. Call now 855-GO-LIVIA or visit Livia.com don't miss livia's annual spring client appreciation event may 6th through the 12th special savings giveaways and more hi
0: everybody this is adriana Trajani. i'm the host of you are what you read i have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now we get everybody from sarah jessica parker to Kristen hannah mitch album Susie essman Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast.
1: We are back, ladies and gentlemen. I have to ask you guys a question because I just got a text message from a listener. He said, what about Renfield? Now Renfield is that's uh, what's his name?
3: Nicholas Cage. Nicholas
1: Cage. There you go. Uh, I I've heard it's not very good.
2: I did too, and it, the premise was so funny. I wish it was. So I is don't it know. supposed to be funny? Yeah, I think it's supposed to be a comedy, uh, right? Oh,
1: is it? I don't know. I have no idea. But they asked me to maybe see that. I do like Nicholas Cage. I think he's, you know, he's been on. He was on the show a few times back in the day. When uh, what was the motorcycle movie he did again?
0: Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. Ghost
1: Rider. There you go. One, was that one and two or something like that? Mm-hmm. But he was on a, a few times when those movies came out. He's a very, very
3: pleasant guy. 57% with the critics, 79% with the audience. Well, the audience likes it then. Mm-hmm. That's not
2: that bad. That Maybe is. I'll watch
3: that tonight yeah. then.
2: Yeah, get back to us.
1: Renfield. Now, that was the guy that was...
2: His assistant. It
1: assi- was Dracula's assistant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Ren- Renfield, get in here. I do that... All the time I go, Eggert, get in here. You're the yes, Renfield sir. Yes, of Tom, the Tom. What
6: can I do for you, Yes, sir?
1: sir. Yes, sir, Tommy. What's happening, Pally?
6: Nothing. How are you guys?
1: Magnificent. Having a pretty good day so far. I, I hope that we get a little break from the rain off and on today. That'd it's, be good. It's
6: not going to rain all day, according to Barlow. It's just going gonna- to... Probably the chances are higher around dinner time," he said.
1: Whenever I check the weather, I keep the bar low. Huh? Ah. What do you think of that slogan?
6: This is the problem, Tom. Your watch only tells you kind of a generic thing. So that's you, true. You know, yep. you listen to your local weather guys because they can really hone in right there. Oh,
1: I couldn't agree and give more.
6: Give you information you cannot get from your phone or your watch.
1: Same with news anchors. You got to tune right
6: in. Isn't that true? Yeah. Morning show host, not so much. What the fuck is that story you guys just told about the nut roll thing at work? That's that a was true story. Horrifying. That's horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> he literally would flip.
1: This thing was like thirty pounds. It was the size of, I don't even know what a baby. I mean, a, like a one-year-old, and he would flip it over, hollow out from the bottom, and I, but toward the end there was just the shell of nuts and.
6: There was nothing in there. That is so gross. Isn't that That's disgusting? So like somebody's like scooping. Oh, my God. <laughs> Listen, uh, radio stations, TV stations. Oh, yeah. I assume the newspaper. Like people turn into freaking animals oh, when yeah. there's food around.
2: And and overnights because you do. have to keep in mind. Oh, God, yes. Oh, when I was on an overnight, there'd be times where I was like, I'm so hungry, nothing's open, you can't get anything delivered. So all of a sudden I'm like looking at the salespeople's mints on their desks and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to smash that. I'm (laughs) going to eat four of their mints.
1: There you have it. I yeah, I don't know. Well, I it was pretty clever actually, because nobody ever knew it was hollowed out until it finally collapsed in on itself. <laughs>
6: like magic surviving only on Nougat for how long?
1: Oh, probably a month, I would guess. Something uh,
4: like
6: that. Oh, uh,
1: disgusting. I do like a, a nut roll though.
6: It reminds me of fishing with my grandpa.
1: Oh, that's very nice.
6: He used to always open up the cooler, and he got big smile on his face. Like, he had this special surprise, and he's like, I got the nut rolls, and I'm like, Oh
1: So you used to fish with your grandfather?
6: Yeah, he used to go fishing all the time.
1: Oh, that's very nice to hear, because yeah. very quickly, I mean, just to keep, you know, the, the grandfather thing, both my grandfathers were raging pricks. So anyway, moving forward, <laughs> they were. There I were think, two of the worst I people think- I've ever met.
6: I think my grandfather on my dad's side uh was uh, had a lot of that going on oh did he yeah um <laughs> at least that's kind of I don't remember him as much because he died when I was very young oh. but from what I can sort of cobble together through the uh, the annals of uh, Eggert history it sounded like he um sound like he liked to tip it back a little bit no yeah yep yeah
1: yep. hard to believe yeah. How could that ever happen, is what I'd like to know.
6: disgusting. It really is. And I know that it hasn't continued for the last three generations since him, too. (laughs) You
1: know what's great about that, though, Chris? And I'm very serious about it. The one thing about growing up with, you know, the men on my side were not the greatest. I mean, my brother-in-law was a great guy. Patrick O'Brien was a really good guy. And there's some good, you know, my brother-in-law my uh, Vicky's husband, really nice people. But one thing it taught me is I can tell you within 10 minutes of meeting someone why they are the way they are. Cause I did so much studying psychology and why people would act the way they, why would you treat your grandchild like that? Right. Yeah. And I learned a lot about that. And I can, t- I can always tell within about a week what somebody went through. You can absolutely tell there's no question about it because they, they have this, kind of skewed view of the world. You know what I mean? Like you have this great memory of your grandfather fishing with you. It just made me very jealous. That's all I'm saying.
6: Well, he was a great grandfather. He reminded me, he's still alive. Actually. He's like 93. Um, he looks like James Garner. He reminds me of James. (laughs) Really? James Garner. When he was like at his, at the height, the cool, I always kind of, I don't know why I always thought he kind of reminded me of James Garner.
1: So your mother's father, Yes, yeah, and
6: right. a full head of hair, and, like, 93 years old, and still has in touch with the ladies.
1: 93? Uh, well, this,
6: this guy is a pimp. A pimp?
1: That's really a nice thing to say. <laughs> has he got the outfits and everything, like, super No, fry?
6: but, uh, like, a couple years ago, it wasn't that long ago, he hopped in his car and, like, drove across the country to go meet somebody who he'd met on the internet. Like, he still got it out there, which is awesome.
2: Get some. You know, right? by
1: coincidence, yesterday I watched about 10 minutes of Superfly. That movie is now 53 years old.
3: Oh, my god, Ron
1: O'Neill. You remember Superfly? You guys, well, you guys are yeah. probably too young to remember yeah. them, aren't you? I
3: had a Superfly. I yeah, I had a Superfly poster on my wall. What Of Ron yeah. O'Neill? Yeah, when I was, like, 17. Really? Oh, yeah. Because oh, he, yeah. he
1: died very young. You know, he died. I think so. I think it was in his late 40s, I think, somewhere. Maybe, maybe 50s, I don't know, but I watched about 10 minutes of it. Holy Christ, the world has changed a little bit in the last 53 years. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite scenes is, you know, because he was kind of a, he was a black man, but he wasn't dark-skinned black man. He was kind of, kind of a, maybe a mix or something. I don't know what the hell it is. But my favorite line of the first 10 minutes of that movie is, you white-looking mother effer. Laughter <laughs> Well, that's kind (laughs) of negative, don't you think?
6: (laughs) But no, I. Mildly.
1: You were probably, you guys are probably observant of other people and why they act and comport themselves the way they do, don't you? I mean, do you pay attention to that kind of thing?
6: I mean, I definitely do. I don't, I'm Brittany Rudy. I I feel that older I've gotten to, I've been more perceptive of it and maybe a little more patient of it.
3: Mm hmm. Um,
6: Yeah. And, you know, and I think maybe part of that's having kids, too, because you sort of watch them grow up and you, I don't know, you're, you're observing a little bit more than you are for pre- right. kids. I, I i definitely am generally sizing people up, kind of trying to figure out, like, who hurt you?
1: That's exactly <laughs> right. Well, because if they did, they're going to take it out on everybody they meet, including you.
6: Yeah. That's just yeah. how people like, are. Like, Brittany, who hurt you? I've, yeah. All of you.
2: All of you <laughs>
6: every, every single you. day. Every morning.
2: I come in here and I leave just in tears and bandages. That's interesting. I feel like I don't, I you're so right, Chris, spot on with ever since having GoGo, I find myself a lot more wiggle room with people because I see them yep. as, I can see them as babies. Yep. I can see them, I go, oh my gosh, the idea that somebody put all this energy into them as a kiddo and wanted the best for them. And, like, I can see them walking around with somebody at home worrying about them.
1: Well, don't you also you weigh the fact that what happened to them to make them act like that?
6: Yeah. Because yeah.
1: your other grandfather, your father's father, something happened to him that made him that big a prick.
6: It you sounds know. like uh, vodka happened to him. <laughs> well, that's one you of them. you heard of it? That's true. I don't, I don't know that it's vodka, but, I. I, I mean, that was... <laughs> Uh, that was the way my mom described it. uh She'd be like, "Yep, he'd get, he'd drink, and he'd get angry, and that would be that." And I'm like, "Okay."
1: Why don't you go on and spank Chris? <laughs> Is that how it was?
5: <laughs> I,
6: I definitely. I, I don't know. And, and to think about people, I mean, and the older I get too, and Tom, you're obviously a couple of years older than us. um couple you still sort of look at people the, the older i get i'm like we all kind of when it comes down to it we're, we're all kind of like little kids trying to figure shit out that, right like the, your whole just, life we just yep you just look different on the outside but on the inside you're you know you're still just kind of trying to figure everything out then no and doubt i find myself a lot more patient not always but generally, more patient with people. <laughs> no, well, that's
1: I understand that you can't be too patient with some people because they're a massive pain in the ass. That's just how right. it is. Right. Uh, before we move on, I just do have to mention my mother's father. His name was Emil Dane. Okay, German boy, uh, and he was about five foot two. His wife, my grandmother, was six feet tall. That was quite the combo in the marriage. Oh, wow. Wow. yeah. My grandmother was like ten inches taller than my grandfather. <laughs> It was really and the other thing about my grandfather was, God, what a prick that man was. Uh, can I do an impression of my grandfather? Please. Jesus Christ, you sons of bitches. He had that big lateral S deal going on. Mm-hmm. And I, I tell what, I don't know what the hell happened to that son bitch, but somebody messed him up badly. You guys see that stuff.
6: It sounds like he was, well, first of all, he's angry because he had a speech thing going on. His whole life, he was the short guy. So he had a chip on his shoulders, right? Like, no offense, Rudy.
1: (laughs) I don't think Rudy's 5 two. I'm pretty sure yeah. that he's. Well,
6: Rudy, you said there's a thing with having a chip on your shoulder about well, height, it is, yeah. right? Yeah, it
3: makes you work a little harder when you're only five five. Yeah, yeah. As, as somebody once pointed out, if you're short, you got to work hard. That's how Mario got the princess. Mm-hmm. I was like, thanks, for, uh-huh. yeah, thanks, bud. Uh, no, I had a grandfather like that too. Uh, oh, did I didn't you? know him very well, but yeah, he was a guy who drank a lot and then would go outside and would be hammered at you know noon. <laughs> And he went outside one day, and he was, I don't know, probably like upper 60s, low 70s, and was out there all vodka drunk, swinging a pickaxe. Uh-oh. And he caught the pickaxe in his eye and lost it.
1: There you go. He he yep.
3: never went to the hospital. He basically put a rag where it was and uh, finished off his drinks, passed out, and then woke up, and they you know, put him in the... Model A and brought oh, him. Model a brought him to a hospital, <laughs> oh, and they yeah. they didn't listen. They don't go in and like disinfect or anything. They stitched the eyelid up. Oh, and go whoa. well. That's oh. that now, and yeah, he never. You yeah, don't open really. that room yeah, anymore. No, yeah, he just that was it. So, so yeah. did your Grandma pull up and go, "Hey, Popeye, get in the car." Well, I think she was drunk too, so they both <laughs> had to sober up. Yeah, so. <laughs> well,
1: yeah. God, that's Minnesota living, isn't what it? Right happened?
3: there.
2: Did he, did, like. Was there any complications of just sewing up an eye?
1: No,
3: I mean, basically they just—it was a—it was like skin. It was like it, they would just like since it was so sewn together, it just basically formed skin over where his eyeball used to be, and Uh-oh. that was it.
6: Chris has a question. Chris is wound Did up. Did they leave the remnant of the eye in there, or was it taken out? No, it was
3: all out. Yeah, that the, eye, the eye was gone. Yeah, yeah, it was just sitting at the end of the pickaxe, just like you know, because um. you
2: still would have things, right? Like could you still have like yeah and, and like yeah. discharge like if your eyes like whatever like there'd still maybe be things coming out right yeah
3: i imagine that they probably had to do something cauterize the end of it put yeah. them under and cauterize Ooh. something but yeah basically there was no like hey we're going to form the your your socket so you can have a glass eye it was we're going to stitch it up with some super glue and you're going to be on your way
1: there you have it hey grandpa your non eye is watering <laughs> be a nice touch wouldn't yeah. it <laughs> That'd be Grandpa's a nice
6: crying underneath here. A little yeah. tear kind of, like, finds its way through
1: <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of squeezing itself out. That's, uh, you know, the one thing you can get really good at by doing a lot of research,
6: <laughs> Chris is
1: falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> He's losing it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Just pick on it. Bro. No, but honestly, God, what you were talking about, you learned these things because it didn't sound like you had the most pleasant experience with one of your grandfathers. But when you do a lot of reading about it, and we brought up The Art of War this morning. That's one of the books you should, if you came from a turbulent family, because it is war, whether you want to admit it or not, there is a war between you and this other relative, whether your mother, your father, your grandfather, whatever it is. To read The Art of War is really good because that whole divide and conquer thing, this is what we do now in America, uh, not the local news, but the national news divides and conquers. Uh, the big, a lot of big businesses divide and conquer. It goes on. So the more reading you do about that, you can generally tell by some, the way somebody comports themselves, the way they walk, the way they look, the way they act, if there was ever any violence in their family. It's really easy to tell if somebody had a violent upbringing, because it affects them forever.
6: Yeah. No, true. no that's very true.
1: And no question about it. So, I kind of like that about human beings, that they're so predictable. <laughs> you know, it's that kind of deal. Uh, so, what else has happened in anything good in the news?
6: Um, Well, that's a matter of opinion, I guess. But yes, um, I, th- I don't know if you guys saw this thing over the weekend. There was a bunch of video um, floating around of these fights that had been going on in Dinky Town by the U of M. And um, very bad, like guys getting jumped and curb stomped, and like a really bad deal. Thing kind of blew up all over social media. Um, obviously then the police came in and they're trying to use so many issues been going on with Town. They're having a meeting tonight again to try to get people oh, together and, okay. and figure out, but it, I don't know. It's, it was a mess and it flared into a big thing and it flared into a racist thing and it, you know, it just, Oh, it did. I didn't know the
1: racist part of it.
6: Yeah. Because the suspects in it were black and you know, the victims were white. And so it's, um, there's a lot of layers to it. So, weren't there like 50 people
1: out there acting like angels?
6: Yeah, yeah. 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 There, there was a whole, a whole big bunch of guys and, um, yeah, I don't know. So that that's going on. There is going to be a meeting tonight. I guess. What do you do? You gotta have, you gotta try to do something, right? Could you just Whatever.
1: please leave Town alone? Why do you have to, ma- I loved going to Town back in the day. I never went to college. Well, I did for one day, but I, I've always loved that Dinkytown area. I just love that area. Leave it alone.
6: It's such a, I mean, it's such a unique area um, to have that right in between the two, you know, right? It's such a a heavily populated metro area. It's very unique to the University of Minnesota. Um, It is. So I I have every confidence that it creates challenges. um, Mm -hmm. I can see that. Because you can't build a wall up around the entire University of Minnesota, right? Like, so what do you do?
1: You go eat at Sammy D's. Wait a minute, that's not open anymore. I used to love Dinky Town, man. You go into Sammy D's. It was on University and about 14th. Does that make sense? No, maybe not 14th, but like 12th, something like that. But it was a great Italian restaurant. Ma, it's Mama D, Sammy D, she was a wonderful. I haven't talked to her in years. I, I hope she's still doing well. But just so many great memories of going to, you know, going to, parties there, going to restaurants yeah. there, just be able to walk around Town at two in the morning and nobody'd bother you.
6: And now it's completely yeah. different, of course. Yeah. I don't think I'd be, I don't think I'd be doing that uh, myself. Um, this is an interesting one, the, which I, it, no pun intended, it's never going to fly. Uh, the Biden administration's talking about trying to make airlines really give people <laughs> a that. lot of compensation for <laughs> losing a flight or having to be yeah. rescheduled or I mean, well, what do you think is going to happen if 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 they regulate the airlines, Brittany? You're flying down to Florida, you get delayed, and now Southwest has to not only they have to put you up in a hotel, they got to pay for. A dinner. They got to give you a rental car. Well, what I mean, what do you think is going to happen to your thirty-nine dollar fare? Prices
2: are going up, up,
1: up. Yeah, because right. we're going to pay for it. You're absolutely we, right. They're not going to pay for it. We're going to pay for it.
6: Yeah. So that's that's something that's being batted around right now. I guess there's some similar laws in Canada and Europe, but the airline industry is already coming out. No. They're like, yep. you know, hold on. Now, I do think that, and I don't know how you do it. I do think the airline industry has a lot of struggles right now with staffing mm-hmm. and, and yada 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 but I still think there does need to be some accountability there too it, it can't just be a it can't just be a understood thing that's going to happen that when you fly you're probably going to be delayed or you're probably going to sit on the tarmac for three I mean you know what I mean should be a reasonable yep. expectation that you can go to the airport and get to where you want to go
2: yeah and there's it's weird you could never have this happen in a concert where they can oversell the flight. And then go, hey, sorry, we don't have a seat for you. Right, right. So there has to be some, there's got to be a give and take with that because it's like there's some weird part where you're like, what do you mean? You know how many seats, you know how many people are coming. What do you mean you overbooked the flight?
1: I think it was just you. They only do that to you. Just
6: me. That's
1: exactly right.
6: Whenever your name comes up on the manifest, Brittany, they're like, oh. Not this one. Brittany again. Not this one. We're
1: not doing it again. One of my favorite things along those very lines, because you're right. You and I will end up paying for everybody else's airfare overcharges, right? Mm -hmm. And in the movie The In-Laws with Peter Falk, Alan Arkin. You ever seen the movie?
6: Long time ago. Oh, my
1: God. It's one of the best movies ever made. They're sitting around, and Peter Falk went and bought something, right? he comes out and he looks at the hell and he goes what's the world coming to he goes what do you mean he goes well what's the world going to be like when it's like $1200 for a six pack of budweiser <laughs> <laughs> yeah 200 bucks a can that's a little expensive but other than that but no i can you fly anywhere I mean, can you get those low fares anymore? Is everything in the $500 range now?
6: Well, I mean, if you're flying like a Spirit or, you know, some of those, they still yeah. have like these crazy low, but you pay for everything. Oh, like yeah, you pay okay. to get oh, okay. up, you, you pay to bring a freaking a cookie and a napkin on board. I mean, it's <laughs> like they get you with every single yeah. thing. Um but, I, I mean, I don't know. Again, I like, I get the concept of it. It, it. it does suck, and your whole, you know, your whole trip gets ruined and blah, 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 blah. You'd like to think there's some accountability there, but
1: right. I don't know. Right, right. I don't know. That's just, well, Rudy, you still fly a lot, don't you? Quite a bit, yeah. And how do you do that? you got to hop from place to place to place. Are your, most of your flights, like, 500 miles, something like that?
3: Yeah, so I kind of have a rule with me where anything within seven hours, I'll drive. So, if I'm going to do a stand up, seven yeah. hours is about the most my body can do in one way before mm-hmm. I have to stop. And it, But anything more, more than that, I try to fly. Like, I'm going to Oklahoma City uh, next Friday, and it took me forever to find a flight, but I finally found one through Southwest. Mm-hmm. One way down there was $179 because trying to get to Oklahoma City, oh, huge pain sure. in the ass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Flights are like $600. If you go through, like, a Delta or you Mm -hmm, get anything like that, Um, one way I was going to try to do it was leave here on—because there's a flight from Denver to Oklahoma City, and it leaves at, like, 2 in the afternoon. The problem is I'd have to find a way to get to Denver, so I'd have to take a Delta flight to to Denver, land at, like, 5.15 in the morning— Go out to get my oh, luggage, go back through oh, security, God. and then wait another seven hours until that flight left from Denver to get to Oklahoma City. Oh, God. But I didn't realize that Southwest—this is some good information. Southwest does not put their flights on, like, aggregators. You can't go to kayak yeah. or, like— Oh, you can't. That's I had no, true. I had no idea, so I just went to MSP. I went to the airport website and was looking at airlines and found Southwest and went, oh, how come they're not popping up? And I looked, and sure as can be, there's $179. Flight to get to Oklahoma City. I I land in St. Louis. I'm there for two hours. I get to Oklahoma City at like 11 a.m. Honestly,
1: God, you, there are no direct flights to Oklahoma City. No, almost That's none. Weird. There
3: is. There's a super late one that Delta has, and oh. I think it's like 7 p.m. So I couldn't take that on Friday because I would have mm-hmm. missed the Friday night shows. And then I was like, well, I'm not going to go Thursday because then I'm just sitting there for an extra day by myself. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, it is kind of a it's kind of P and the A. Those smaller markets like that that are in the middle of nowhere.
1: I understand. A P in the A, really? Yeah. You cleaned up. What are you cleaning up around Britney for? Because now she's going to take it that much further with the F-bomb. Yeah.
3: Well, you can go Typical. ahead and de- determine yourself what P and A stand for. So. That's true. <laughs> you are right. yeah. <laughs> That's true. You can do that.
2: Pumpkin <laughs> in the
3: a... Pumpkin
1: and apricot. Yep. Yep. That's what it stands for. Pumpkin and apricot. But could I think of
2: any word that started with an A? Like... I kind of noticed
1: that. That's why I jumped Arby's, in.
2: Arby's <laughs> starts with
1: A. Arby's would be Oh, good. Yeah. you
2: know what? I almost swore again. You know what, Chris? You know what? Nothing. <laughs> you know what? You know what? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> 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 oh, okay. I don't know why
6: you're ashamed of going to Arby's. Who cares, man? I oh, love Arby
2: Screw you. Okay, you know it was a shameful day, and I had to announce it to everyone at Wells Fargo, and then they'll told Rudy, who I thought at the time was a friend, and I learned early Next that he step. is not.
1: Wow. wow. I should mention, by the way, you were 100% right, because I know you got to go, but I want to mention you're 100% right. Every one of the thunderstorms they predicted just disappeared from my watch. They're all gone
6: now. So why do they go. put those up there at, they don't know for sure it's going to happen. I mean, just so they give you a, it's a shot, you know, there's a shot, there's a chance.
1: Yeah, but I, there's, I mean, they just disappear. Literally, when I got here this morning at like 640, they said it was going to rain for four straight hours from like 8 to 12. And now those are all gone. So Ken Barlow,
2: ah. you know, he, he works
1: at a different morning show, which I'm going to push him down next time I see him. I just want you to know that. Don't. Don't no, push, don't him, push down. him
6: down. I, no. I like him, and he's very fragile as it is. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. That's everything, then, ladies. Yeah, see, look at on my phone, it still says it's going to rain every damn hour starting at seven o'clock. Oh. Which was, of course, an hour and 45 minutes ago.
2: That's kind of also your mentality, anyways. Yeah, maybe you got that special Linus watch
6: that. where the, snow, the rain clouds just over your head.
2: Um, here's the okay. thing, Chris. This will give you some well, you insight. do leave me alone. Catherine's gone. Sucks. So he's just. All oh, I'm
1: saying. Uh, I don't have anyone, you know, complaining to me or anything. It's I just. Uh, oh yeah. Feels oh, really uncomfortable. Un- yeah, totally.
6: You act like a big. Sh- oh Really God.
1: uncomfortable, not having somebody. Every
6: day. Tom, I'll come pick you up, and we'll go to Arby's later. We'll grab Brittany. We'll go get some potato like cakes. Don't come Oh, out. we got um, the, the finger.
4: Most- you
1: see that? She gave us both the finger.
6: Get a roast beef, we can go make an egg, throw it on the top of that bitch, just like back in the day and we'll be good.
1: Okay, we got to go, we got to promise me one thing. After we eat, we have to go over to Dinky Town and punch someone, okay?
6: No, no, I'm
2: not greenlighting any of this.
1: I'm not greenlighting this. I'll go to Arby's,
2: fine. I'll go to Arby's with you guys and I'll really enjoy it. I don't want to eat in front of you guys though. I want to eat alone in a car by myself. Okay. But I'll go with you guys.
1: Not a problem. Chris, always a great pleasure, sir. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Adios. We have to take a break. Be right back in a couple of minutes. Luke Russert, this is going to be. I am looking forward to this interview. I was a huge fan of his father. He used to be on the uh, on the queue all the time with me. When uh, that God, how many years ago did he pass
3: away? Now, ooh, I think he's like a eight or nine, maybe, maybe a little more than that.
1: Might even be. We'll, yeah. have to, we'll have to check that out. But Luke Russert, his son, is with us right after this.
0: This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. Listen live on the Tom Bernard Show app or at TomBernardShow.com. Hi, this is Tom
1: Bernard. If you've been listening, you know I'm a fan of Nissan vehicles. I own an Altima. My son and daughter-in-law both own Nissans, and we bought them all at Walser Nissan stores here in the metro. They hang their hats in Burnsville, Wyzetta, and Coon Rapids. So, why is Walzer different than other Nissan stores, and why should you absolutely go there this month? Tell them I personally sent you to lease or buy your next vehicle. First, there's Care, a complimentary powertrain warranty that will keep you covered for miles to come for free at Walzer Nissan. This month you can score 0% financing for up to 60 months on select Nissans or you can lease the 2023 Nissan Pathfinder S for only $269 a month. You'll need to tell them you want the Tommy B deal, of course. That's understood. So, not just Nissan, but Walzer Nissan. Burnsville, Wyzetta, and Coon Rapids. Don't forget to let them know the Tom Bernard family sent you and ask for the Tommy B deal Deal. Go to Walzer.com and select the Walzer Nissan store nearest
5: you. 269 per month for 24 months, Ten thousand miles per year, Fifty nine hundred. do it signing. Vin PC 261725.
0: This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast.
1: We are back. Ladies and gentlemen, let me know when the Mr. Russert's ready to go. I I certainly will. Yeah. Thank you very much. A little news, a little information uh we talked about what'd you say your, your mother said it was the national nurses week it's, or something. yeah
2: national nurses week it is yep. well it's
1: also teacher appreciation week
2: well that's a lot they're putting in one week well
1: that's what i was wondering they you're should
2: gonna, each get their own week they should
1: each get their own week that's exactly <clears throat> what i was thinking yeah this week is teacher appreciation week and if you're not sure how to participate teachers have uh, one word for you gifts Oh, you buy him a gift. Okay, that'll work. Yeah. In the old days, an Apple might have done the trick, but these days, a lot of teachers have wish lists set up on Amazon. In a survey of more than 1,000 teachers, 75% said they'd love to have an appreciation shown through gift cards and items purchased off their Amazon wish lists, but most teachers aren't asking for, like, a new air fryer. Why do people write things like that in there?
2: Hilarious. Hilarious
1: man. The wishlets are usually uh, filled with classroom supplies, stuff that they uh, may have to purchase out of their own. So teachers still have to purchase items out of their own pockets. Yeah. How is that not taken care of?
2: Isn't that crazy? It's
1: just insane for Christ's sake. It it just is. No, it's not good. Nearly 50% of teachers say the number one supply they're always running out of is writing utensils like pens, crayons, pencils, and markers. Yeah, I know what a writing utensil is. You didn't have to tell me.
2: Uh, I. I love that. Um, like a crayon, a pen. It's like, is this a, you get paid by the word here? Isn't that insane? Maybe.
3: They don't write in blood anymore? Come on. You could on.
2: do it in blood. Get a quail out.
1: Also not a bad idea. Write the whole thing, the whole damn thing down in blood. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's um, teachers, nurses. It's a good thing. Take care of them. Get out there, do your damn job and treat people in a good... Treat people well, right? Yeah. And it's their the week.
2: The idea that a teacher has to, buy, has to buy their own supplies just seems ridiculous. I couldn't
1: agree more. It's terrible. And it, it should not be happening, but where's all the money going? Because don't we dump a ton of money into our education system? I don't know. So they don't have enough money to buy a pencil? I don't know. You ready to go? He's ready to go, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome broadcast news correspondent Luke Russert. How are you, sir?
4: Hey, good morning! Thanks so much for having me on. No, and uh, I was just listening to that conversation you had. Uh, you know, one of my book my book is about traveling the world it is one of the many themes in it. But one of the things that you realize when you travel is America really is a land of abundance. Mm-hmm. And not to be able to have uh, enough supplies for teachers or kids to go hungry—that is something like you guys. I just. I, I cannot fathom in this country. It makes it, it, it makes no sense. It's too bad. It really is too bad. But God bless the teachers, and yep. they should get all the supplies they need, and every kid should be able to have a, a, a healthy lunch at school. And that's my not being too political, but that's just something that's so basic in this country. I couldn't
1: agree more, Luke. There's no question about it. Look for me there. News legend Tim Russert would tell us his son, Luke. Uh, when confirming a pickup spot at an airport sporting event rock concert after look for me there. Is that what he always said to you? Look for me there.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Especially in the pre-cell phone era where you had to a pickup point or if you got lost at an event, sort of, Hey, we get separated. Look for me there. And that's the title of the book. And it was born out of uh, what he said to me. And it's prescient because what the book is about is looking for, for something, which is ultimately acceptance to go on my own path. But it's, uh, it's a, it's a book that's meant to make you laugh, make you cry, and hopefully leave you feeling a little less lost, uh, after you finish it.
1: Well, anybody that, uh, that has ties with their own family, that's, it's not always the case anymore. I, oh, I should tell you up front, Luke, that, um, I started this business at a very young age. I was a young teen boy when I started in radio, now podcasting, of course, because that's the next step. But um, I've uh, I've been in radio since I was a teenage boy, and I used to talk to your father all the time. So I just to see your name up there, to see his name up there, I cannot tell you how much uh, I enjoyed working with your father. Now, we didn't work together, but he would come on my shows and i always love to see his name on the docket because he just uh, much like you Luke he was a tremendous man no doubt about it.
4: Well you're very kind and he he loved to connect with people and that's one of the things that um, i think is it's so interesting now sort of we live in an era which has never been easier to connect with people through social media yet we feel so disconnected right mm-hmm. and he would get on radio and he just loved to converse and talk because he would feel like he learned something that day, uh, especially with radio shows around the country. And and, and it's just something that's so important. Um, you really sort of get a, a window into the world of how other folks are doing and, and, mm-hmm. and what they see is, in his case, news, Uh but also just, uh, you know, the personalities and, and whatnot.
1: You know what I still love, Luke? I'm getting all these memories back, and I'm sure you heard this, uh, and a lot more often than I ever did, but I, but I literally talked to your father. I can't even tell you how many times I talked to him or sat in a studio with him and did a show or whatever it was. A lot, it was a lot, though, but the one thing I loved about your father, when I'd go down a path he didn't want to go down, he would always go, Tom, I don't think you want to go down that path.
4: <laughs> He'd get this look <laughs> on
1: his face, and it was just hilarious. <laughs> a great man I do yeah, that's
4: funny that's I mean, literal I love that
1: so you literally have I'm sure you've witnessed it from your father to you many times I would imagine oh
4: yeah oh yeah you're, oh, you're yeah. headed down the For wrong sure.
1: path Luke I just want to tell you
4: <laughs> <laughs> well it was one of the things that was just so interesting is you know growing up with him as a father. Um, Because he was very invested. I mean, he was so giving of his time. Yes, sir. I didn't realize that until I had my own uh, stint at NBC, just how impressive that was. But I think one of the things that made him very special and very unique was that it was honest time. And he asked you questions that gave him the ability to put together, all right, what was going on in your life? Uh, Whether I was an 8-year-old or 16 or or 20, 21, 22, when when he passed, and he did that with a lot of folks, and and, and um, one of the things that just was so heartwarming after he passed away was so many people reached out to me and said, you know, your dad really cared, and caring came from those conversations and, and seeing what what paths people were going down. For sure,
1: you know that's absolutely right on the money, Luke. It's so great to talk to you about this, and, and it just it would do the the world so much good. A lot of people that don't get along all that well anymore. And for someone, how how long ago did you lose your father?
4: It'll be fifteen years God. coming up June thirteenth. Amazing. Because
1: I was just asking Rudy on the show, how long ago did we lose Tim Russert? And he said oh, about nine years, fifteen. But then he said maybe might have been a lot longer. Fifteen years, Rudy. Wild.
3: I, I. It feels like. Ugh. Feels like just yesterday.
4: Yeah, and it's a, It's amazing because we, we're fifteen years out. And it really, when we look back on it, feels like an end of an era. And that was—I mean—the the era of the broadcast news, you know, a morning show, an evening show. There were still print newspapers. Mm-hmm. Digital was taking off, but it wasn't uh, as strong as it is now. Social media, especially in the news sense, was not as prominent as it is now. Right. And I think people look back on that time with nostalgia. It was just gentler, uh, more honest, and understanding time. And uh, you know, when he died, a lot, I really think a lot of people see that was the end of it uh, for, for what we knew, because mm. then everything just jumped into Twitter sphere and TikTok and everything in between.
1: Dehumanized. Exactly. I have a big yeah. problem with that, Luke. I really do.
4: I couldn't agree with you more. And one of the things that's so frustrating is you know, on social media. Like there's so many people, they don't realize the, the you know, what exactly they're saying. And it does dehumanize. And it's very it kind of gets scary, right? Especially how people pile on someone or are, are keyboard heroes. And that's something which we don't have any idea what the long-term effects of it are going to be. We really don't. I mean, mm-hmm. this is the beginning of the beginning of a very interesting time in world history.
1: So it's great for me, Luke. And I'm I'm getting more me now. I just want to throw this part in there. That I twenty years ago. So it actually you go back twenty-five years, whatever I thirty years, I guess it's been that long now. Uh yeah. you know, since we sit and do the you know, talk about the news, do this, all all the rest of it. Uh he was a very smart man. He was a very generous man with his time, and he obviously was a damn good father.
4: Yeah. And one of the things he used to say to me was you're always loved, but you're never entitled. Ooh. And that's love it. something, yeah. And that's something which I took to heart as best I could as a young kid. But I look around now and I realize, man, that was really good advice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, especially in the social media age that we live in. Uh, but the the one thing that I also look back on now, it uh, was so heartwarming. You know, going through this book and, and the process of writing it was he was somebody who, more than anything else, just wanted you to be comfortable and wanted you to be happy. And I was going through a really di- a few difficult things in the process of writing this, where, especially towards the end of my career at NBC, I realized I was white knuckling things so much. I was anxious about the position, I wasn't feeling fulfilled. And I thought, you know, your dad wouldn't want you to white-knuckle things, sure. right? That's, like, the last thing in the world he would want you to do. He'd want you to be happy and, and be yourself. So it's a, it, it's something which I think a lot of people can relate to, and especially his parenting style that, uh, you know, we're 15 years out, and I still look to it as is such a wonderful standard and, and what I hope down the line to, to meet myself. Amazing.
1: Tim R- uh, Russert was one of my favorite people ever. Luke Russert, his son... Broadcast news correspondent, this was not long enough. Ten minutes went by in about two minutes, Luke, and it wasn't long enough. There's no doubt about that.
4: Oh, thank you, Tom, for having me. I really appreciate it. Please
1: do come back, and I'll close with this. You're going to make me tear up, Luke. This is your fault. After Tim died unexpectedly, Luke kept looking for his father. What a wonderful line that is, Luke.
4: Thank you so much. And I hope to do a signing in Minneapolis. I would definitely let you know. Your okay. yeah, support from that community has been incredible.
1: you got to come in, Luke. you got to come in studio. I'd
4: love to meet you. We'd be great. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks a lot. Great guy. Luke Russert, ladies and gentlemen, the son of Tim Russert. I'm telling you, Tim Russert was one of the nicest people I've ever met. Very smart man. And we used to just sit, you know, we'd, we'd do the show and all that stuff. He'd come on. And then he'd sit around after the shows, and we'd schmooze for a while. Just a great guy. I can think of many other news anchors I'd rather see dead. You know what I mean? Oh,
2: my God. Why do you have to go there? <laughs> I'm just kidding,
1: for Christ's sake. I'm trying to ease up because I might tear up reading I know.
2: that.
1: I mean, honest to God. i, I got to read that line again because it's a great line, when it, especially from Luke Russert to Tim Russert. After his father died unexpectedly, Luke kept looking for his father. What
3: a, what a brilliant line mm-hmm. that is. Well, it's so hard when you come from legacy like that. Oh, yeah. To, to be able oh, yeah. to find yourself because you just feel like you're just so trapped. He, he, I imagine just the amount of anxiety it caused being like, I have to be a great journalist because my both my parents were. You yeah, know? Like, that's oh, true. I couldn't imagine.
0: This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand, wherever you get your podcasts.